Hey, Elsie. Um, I have a big surprise for you that I've been holding on to all day. Oh, my God. What? We hit 200 listens or downloads on our last episode today. <laughs> Two. That's so exciting. Freaking hundred. So... Thanks to whoever's listening out there. We really appreciate it. And if you are <laughs> sharing and liking what we have to say, because we get very um, self-conscious about it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to give it's a special shout-out to Haley. I'm not going to say her last name, but she is my BFF Vicky's cousin because she – um, said she liked our podcast to another friend. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Aww, thank you. Sorry, I thought I heard a knocking sound and we've had like, <laughs> I've had some trouble <laughs> with my weird neighbor today. So either I'm crazy or y'all might hear a real life murder go down <laughs> on this episode. I don't know if it'll be him or me, but one of us will probably end up dead. Um, <laughs> My husband's out of town, so I'm a little freaked out. I've got, like, the dog in here, and I'm ready to go. Okay. <laughs> um, this is just going to be a quickie episode, and we decided, because we can do that, this is our podcast, that we're going to change the <laughs> short episodes from campfire episodes, which really never fit with our theme. <laughs> And neither one of us could really remember why we decided to go with campfire episodes. Um, but we're going to call them rabbit holes. So these will be our short Which little. makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Our short little shorty episodes that really don't kind of warrant a huge episode, but we still want to do them. Um, so I think I'm up first today. and You are. I did start recording this, didn't I? It says it's recording on the okay. other end, so. Okay, just want to make sure. That would suck to go through this whole thing and then not even <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, so um, we had some technical difficulties, <laughs> as usual, with our other app, so we had to come to this app. It's just a big, long, boring thing that nobody really cares about. Um, I am doing the Zanesville Animal Escape or the Zanesville Animal Slaughter, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, pretty excited. I really think this story is really interesting. I love big predators. <laughs> I always have. I just think there's something like magical about them. And so this like really, it fascinates me. It makes me sad, but it's like the craziest story that I can remember that doesn't involve like murder. Um, <laughs> Um, so this happened, this all took place in October of 2011, and our first player who's going to get this started, his name is Sam Kopchak, or Kopchak. He is a retired teacher, and on October 18th, right before sunset, he walks out to get his horse out of this fenced-in area, like this paddock. And this horse, which he'd only had for nine days, was named Red, and Red was acting like real skittish and weird. Um, and so he looks over at his neighbor, Terry Thompson's property, and he sees Thompson's cir horses circling, like going around in a circle and just acting really weird, like running in a circle. The so the horses kind of move. And when they move, he sees that they've been circling around the small black bear. And 
the bear starts running away from him, so he's like not really that freaked out about it. It's a small bear. And he decides he's going to take Red to the barn. He's going to lock her up, and then he's going to go back into the house, and he's going to call the cops. <clears throat> so then he turns to take Red, and he something catches his eye. And just beyond this, like, flimsy-ass fence, which I'm assuming is like a um, like a chain-link fence, Yeah. he sees a fully grown male African lion staring at him. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, like nightmare time so can you imagine he knows that this lion can get over that fence anytime it wants to and like sam is a retired teacher he's a retired science teacher and so he doesn't know a lot about african lions but he does (laughs) know that you shouldn't look him in the eye and you shouldn't run away from him so he just kind of turns his back on the lion and he walks his horse as quickly to the barn as he can he looks back once and the lion is still sitting in the same place so he gets to the barn he locks himself in with the horse. Everything's okay. He lives with old mother, and so he calls her from the barn, and he's like, there's a major problem. That's, <laughs> that's in quotes. That's what he said. There's a major problem. <laughs> and they know that their neighbor, Terry Thompson, keeps all these exotic animals, but they don't know, like, how many there are or what they are. They just know that he's got all these animals over there. Uh, so she immediately calls Terry Thompson's house, and she gets no answer, so she calls 911. So back to Sam, stuck in the barn. He's looking out of the window, and these animals just keep coming. Like there's a wolf walks up, and then this large oh bear, and then a lion, and then a lioness. And these are this is a quote from him. He says, and then I saw a tiger. I'm telling you the lion is bad enough, and the wolf is bad, and the bear but don't be around the tiger. The tigers are actually bigger than the lions if they're fully grown. He started snarling, and then he went after the horses, end quote. So, oh. I mean, if you've ever been to a zoo, like, tigers are, like, great. Massive. I mean, yeah, they're huge, and they're, like, you could, oh, just everybody. <laughs> I can't even imagine. It's horrifying. <clears throat> so 911 dispatches Deputy Jonathan Mary. He gets up to Thompson's fence, and he sees a tiger, a black bear, and two lionesses. Uh, so we're already up to, like, almost ten animals here, large predators. Um, he steps onto the Cupcake's door, and all of a sudden, a large gray wolf, like, darts behind him along the road. So he sets down the clipboard on the porch and goes after it and they said in this article by the way i get i got a lot of this information from this gq article and when i'm done i will look up the author's name because it's a really extensive article it's really good but it said in the article um it it would sit the his clipboard would sit there for hours Uh, (laughs) but he takes off he follows the wolf in his patrol car and he finds it kind of like slinking around this house and he gets his rifle out of the patrol car and goes after it um the sheriff of this county is headed that way and also i didn't think about this but shout out to our friend erica because she lives in the zanesville area oh my god she does live in zanesville and she said she remembers this and it was crazy but um the sheriff headed that way and he gets reports that the animal incidents are incidents are escalating there's an apartment complex near this property, and there's a soccer game going on. He can hear the kids on the soccer field. So he sends out instructions to shoot the animals on site. 
So the deputy sees the wolf. He gets out. He gets it on his first shot. Kills it. Um, then Deputy Mary gets a call that some officers had a lion cornered on Thompson's property. So he rushes back. He's the only one that has a rifle. He races back to the scene, and he sees a deputy running back and forth on the driveway. And so Mary, Deputy Mary, tries to get the rifle out of the car, but it gets stuck. Like the um, strap of it gets stuck. And he just leaves it behind. He runs to the deputy, and then he's charged by a 350-pound black bear. Oh, my God. shoots the bear with his Glock, and thankfully it goes down on the first shot. The bear was seven feet away from him when it fell. Like, this man probably has so much PTSD, I can't even imagine, like, and it like, makes can me I sick. just point out really quick that Zanesville is, like, a pretty small town. Oh, yeah. Like, this is not, and that's another thing. Like, there were all these rumors going around, like, oh, I bet they had a blast. They got to shoot all these exotic animals. It was, like, a hunting trip, and, like, that's so not how it went down. Like, these, these Officers were, like, crying, and they were, like, you know, I had to go home and tell my kids that I shot all of these animals, and it's, like, devastating. Yeah, it's so sad. It's, like, it's awful. So, and and it's, like, like they literally couldn't do anything else. You know, like, they were forced to shoot these animals, and it's horrifying. So, he finally gets his rifle out, and he sees a lioness crawling under a livestock fence, and he shoots her. Then he was going to take out a black bear and a tiger that were on the road, but then he sees this cougar, and he the cougar is going into a driveway. And there's a, a male African lion coming from the other way. Like, it's just – I mean, like, it's you would think it was a dream. It's just, like, insane. I know I keep saying that, but I just can't even imagine. So he shoots the lion. The deputies get the, the cougar, and he's ordered to drive up and down the perimeter – um, of the Thompson's property and in Interstate 70. And so that night, he alone, he would go on to shoot another wolf, two more lions, a tiger, and a grizzly bear. And I wrote, utter yeah. chaos. <laughs> like, <laughs> understatement, utter chaos. So, Sergeant, I figured there wouldn't be much that funny in this story because it's just all sad. But um, Sergeant Steve Blake, he goes up to the Thompson house to try to figure out what's happening. And when he drives up, he sees more animals in cages that had been cut or left open. The only animals left in cages were two monkeys and a dog. Um, He honked the horn, and no one responded, so he heads back down to the end of the driveway, and he meets John Moore. And John Moore is the caretaker of these animals. i got to get a drink because I feel like my mouth is, like, dry as hell. Sorry. (laughs) I've got – I'm working on a sinus infection again, of course. Or something. I've got drainage. Um, so he meets John Moore. John Moore is the caretaker of these animals. So they go back to the house, and that's when they see a white tiger standing over a body eating. And they don't get any oh closer. Oh, my God. Because they're like, you know, fuck that. I'm out. So um, meanwhile, while all this is going on, the Columbus Zoo, which Columbus is not that far from Zanesville, is holding an event for the rhinos, like a, a benefit. And one of the vets alerts Tom's staff, who is the chief operating officer at the zoo, that they had to go to Terry Thompson's immediately. The animals were loose. And the zoo, the zoo, the zoo knows Thompson. <laughs> he, they had to get involved in 2008 when 
ATF raided the property, and Thompson went to prison for a year on gun charges, but the zoo couldn't make any action with the animals because Ohio's laws on exotic animals really sucked. They were very, like, loosey-goosey. They couldn't do anything, even though Dr. Michael Berry, he's the zoo's director of animal health, he, like, said it was dirty. The conditions of the facilities were disgusting. They weren't adequate. He called it cruel. Uh, they wanted to do stuff, but they couldn't. They, there was yeah. nothing they could do. So the zoo sends a captain recovery team with trunks and guns. And John Moore and his fiance, <clears throat> they're back in Zanesville, and they're trying to total up the amount of animals. And they come up with 56 animals that were on the property. So John also tells the police that Thompson had called him the night before, and he was acting really weird. And he said that he had received an anonymous letter that stated that his wife was cheating on him while he was in prison on the weapons charge. And he told John he didn't know if it was true, but he was going to find out and that John would knew, know when he did. And the officers decide they have to go check on this body they spotted. Like, they were sure it's probably dead, but maybe it's not. They, and they have to go check. So they all surround this area with rifles, and two tigers suddenly start at them from 12 feet away. They were in this barn, and they didn't see them, and they start coming at them. So they were put down. They saw the white tiger standing on the body, and then all of a sudden over the radio, an officer states, quote, okay, we have located the owner. Code 16, dead on arrival, possible 58, suicide, unknown for sure on that here in the field, end quote. So the men, they had to turn their attention to the animals. There was a lion. Then they kept coming. Two of the men would shoot each animal at a time until they went down, and then they had to go up to the bodies and shoot them again to make sure. And so they're just like, you know, shooting these animals as fast as they're coming, and they're just coming and yeah. coming and coming. So um, they finally get back to the body after they go through this big thing, and the white tiger's gone. So they were able to determine that the cause of death, this is Terry Thompson, they figure out it's Terry Thompson, was a single three fifty seven Magnum shot to the head. The gun was near, and there were there was raw chicken scattered all around him. He wanted these animals to eat him. Like, he had cut open the cages, yeah. shot himself in the head. Chicken was everywhere. He he wanted them to eat him. Um, this nightmare, it continues into the night. It's just one animal after another. It's a slaughter. Uh, by the time the zoo team arrived, it was getting dark. And the police tell them, you know, their tranquilizers aren't going to be safe. There's too many deadly animals roaming around in the dark. Tranquilizers take 10 minutes to be effective, and that's in the best possible conditions where you can see where you're shooting and, you know, right. you know where they're it's going to, they're going to go down. Um, and in that 10 minutes there, who knows what could happen. Exactly. So 5.30 AM, Jack Hanna arrives on the scene. And I don't know if, if there's any younger listeners. <laughs> it makes me sound older, but I don't know. I would think everybody knows who Jack Hanna is. You know who Jack Hanna is. I know. Is, but Jack yeah. Hanna is like, the Steve Irwin <laughs> of he America. A, yeah. <laughs> like, he is the big, and he had shows. He was, he's like. He did, like, American zookeeper, I, I guess. I don't know. Um, 
But he drove a hundred miles an hour from Penn State to Zanesville. He was doing a talk in, at Penn State, and he is like, I, I don't even think I wrote it down. Why didn't I write this down? Jack Hanna is like uh, the big Kahuna at the Columbus Zoo. So he comes back, um, and by that time, the police are lining up the animals by species in order to make an accurate account of the animals that had been put down and the animals still on the loose. And if you've seen, somebody got a picture of that. Like, they took the picture away from the media, but the picture went out. And I don't know if if you've seen that picture, you can look it up. It's awful. There's just animals' bodies everywhere. Um, Yeah, it's super sad. Jack Hanna's presence helps immediately. People trust him, and he did interview after interview for the cops, you know, insisting that these animals couldn't be saved. They did everything they could. There, There's nothing that anybody could do. Um, and amazingly, out of all of this, Terry Thompson was the only fatality that night, and it was by his own hand. So the animals didn't kill anybody. Um, Which, what a fucking asshole move. I know, like, like you have to know what's gonna happen. Just kill yourself. Nobody's gonna Honestly, like nobody's gonna save these animals. You I mean like it's just I can't even imagine that mindset, but to go out in such a way which there's there's theories. Um, I didn't really get into him because it's like a long drawn out conspiracy, like you know, he was murdered and all this stuff, but there's never been any proof of that. Um so all the animals were accounted for except for one monkey, which was never seen again, and they believe one of the cats probably ate it. Forty-nine bodies and all were lined up. Six of the animals survived. Three panthers were still in cages. Two monkeys were found in small bird cages. And a small grizzly oh, bear was also in a bird cage in the backyard. So this was not a good place for these animals by any means. Uh, the house was disgusting. There was garbage and feces everywhere. The sheriff said no sane person would ever live in these conditions. Like, it's it's bad. It's real bad. Um, Thompson's wife, Marion, finally arrives on the scene around noon. And she kept saying, please, Mr. Hannah, don't take my children. And I've seen an, a, an interview with him talking about it. And it's just awful because he's like, I mean, oof, what else could we do? So she herself, she had like this bond with these monkeys and she removed the monkeys to the carriers. Um, the animals, the 49 animals that were <clears throat> put down were buried immediately on the property. Terry Thompson was autopsied. It was found that there was nothing in his system but Benadryl. And this is going to get kind of gross. So I apologize, but it's what happened. And that's it's why you listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> Along with a gunshot wound, he also had 21 lacerations on his head and neck alone, others on his torso and legs, and his animals had completely eaten off his genitals. And I don't know why. I don't know if that's like a soft spot, you know, like, not to be gross, but like if you, if there's like a body in the wild, don't they usually, they go for like the tongue and the eyes and the. That's true. That stuff first. So I'm assuming that's why. I don't know speculation but i had to put that in there so in ohio like i said the laws on exotic animals sucked no one even knew how many there were um but 
in 2012, an exotic animals law banned private owners from acquiring, selling, and breeding restricted species in Ohio. And this list includes lions, tigers, bears, elephants, certain monkeys, rhinos, alligators, crocodiles, anacondas, pythons longer than 12 feet, certain vipers, and all venomous snakes. Oh, my. And that is the very um, condensed story of the Zanesville animal slaughter. I didn't know all that <clears throat> stuff about him. Like, I, like I knew that he had he had let them go, but I guess I couldn't remember him killing himself. Yeah, and then and like I said, there's all kinds of different theories on that that he was caught up in something or when you know his wife's lover or whatever and yeah but i think what it was was his wife was cheating on him and he killed himself and he let them all go i don't know if he yep. thought that they would get away i don't know I, I honestly couldn't tell you but yeah i mean like you can't really say what's in somebody's mind when they're at that point but right there's different videos oh i'm, I'm, in, I'm gonna look that guy's name up real quick there's different videos um or not videos, but pictures that you can see that are pretty famous. Like there's one where they have one of those signs on the highway and it's like caution, exotic animals, beware. I remember that. Um, just, I mean, there's some crazy pictures that go along with this story. I mean, they're graphic if, if you're kind of sensitive to that stuff. Okay. The article is called the, hold on. I've lost it. The crazy true story of the Zanesville Zoo Escape by Chris Heath. It's a GQ article, and it's really good. And it it goes more in depth on like the um, conspiracy theories and all you know more about right. the the had the conditions and things like that. But that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I know it's, it's a sad kind of, one, but it's, it's kind of a downer, but it's, I think it's really fascinating. Like, I can't believe, for one thing, that he had that many animals. Yes. It's just wild in literally every aspect of the story. Like, it's so sad, but it's also just one of those things. It's like, it you can't stop looking. It's so bad. Well, like, I picture in my head just the way they describe her and the conditions of the house and everything. Like, I'm a picture, I'm picturing, like, Whatever Ohio's version of rednecks are. Do they have rednecks in Ohio? Is that a seven thing? <laughs> Whatever that. You know, like, I'm picturing, like, pretty crappy people. Maybe yeah. not rednecks is a term, but just, like, just trash, really. I mean, if you're living in feces, I'm sorry, but that's kind of trashy. But, I mean, can you imagine how much all that costs to keep well, and that's that what many animals or like, buy those, that many animals? Buying that many Where animals. Where are you getting this place? money? It's insane. exactly. It's wild. But they did say, I mean, he had a bunch of illegal guns. So, you know, who knows what he was doing? Could have been anything. Yeah. Anyway, it's just that was good. fascinating. It was. I keep saying fascinating. I don't know. <laughs> it's fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. Fascinating. The transition from your story to my story is always like between our stories is always awkward and weird. Because <laughs> it's like, so, I don't, I, I I try to think of more to add more to the story. And then I'm like, I mean, that's really it. I did my research and I'm done. 
Right. And then on my end, I'm always like, okay, now I need to tell her like what I liked about her story. Or, or you're like, dick. is she really dead or are we still talking about? <laughs> are there 12 more things? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So mine is like, super, it's mine's one, a downer and two, totally like not something we would usually do. So it's kind of funny that we chose the topics that we did. I'm doing the death of Gloria Ramirez. Oh, so, yeah. I forgot you were doing this one. I'm excited. <laughs> it's good. Okay. At 8.15, February 19th, 1994, Gloria Ramirez was rushed into the emergency room of Riverside General Hospital. And I think that's in California, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Don't quote me. I, I think it happened At, in California. I think so, but I didn't write it down for whatever reason. At 31 years old, Gloria was suffering from late-stage cervical cancer, and that night she was experiencing tachycardia, which is like just a really rapid heartbeat. Her blood pressure was dangerously low. Um, she was having trouble breathing, and she was, like, extremely confused, you know, answering people with really incoherent responses, like just clearly out of it. Um, so the doctors and nurses started working on her immediately, and they injected her with Valium and Ativan and other stuff like that to sedate her. And uh, they quickly realized that nothing they were doing was helping her vitals get back up to normal. So they decided that they were going to go ahead and prepare her for defibrillation. And they noticed as they were taking her shirt off and getting ready to, like, clean her up, that she had an oily sheen on her body. Like, there was just a kind of weird residue on her and she had a fruity garlic like smell coming from her mouth so they just kind of like note those things and the the rn who was working on her susan kane decided to just go ahead and grab a blood sample from her because something just wasn't setting right like she just felt like something was really weird and as she was obtaining the sample she noticed another odd smell ammonia um she handed the syringe to more sorry Hold on. Maureen Welch, a receptionary or sorry, receptionary, <laughs> <laughs> a respiratory therapist. I thought you were going to say receptionist and I was very confused. I was like, why would a receptionist be in there to get the I don't know. <laughs> she was very involved that night. <laughs> it makes me think of Sam from The Office because I've been like... Yeah. <laughs> binging the office <laughs> oh my god okay so where was i so the maureen respiratory Welch. therapist <laughs> yes she was a respiratory therapist not to be confused with the receptionist <laughs> and she smells the weird ammonia smell too and they quickly realized that the smell was coming from gloria's blood so Marine passes the syringe to Julie Gorchinsky, who's a medical resident, and she notices something really weird, too. The blood has manila-colored particles floating in it. What? And they're just like, yeah, so all the, you know, they're smelling all this weird stuff. She's got this oily sheen on her. Like, they're just, it's very confusing. And so they're kind of just doing everything they can to help Gloria and Susan Kane, the RN, starts to sway and faints. And when she comes to, she's complaining that her face and throat are burning. 
and her colleagues go ahead and load her onto a gurney and get her out of the room. Um, next, Julie Korczynski starts feeling lightheaded, so she decides to leave the room and goes towards the nurse's station, and before she can even get there, she faints. And as Julie was being loaded onto the gurney, Maureen Welch became the third person to hit the floor. When she woke up, she couldn't move her limbs. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? (laughs) So, after Maureen, several other staff members also fall ill. And as you can imagine, everyone in the hospital is freaking the fuck out because people are dropping like flies after dealing with this woman's body. And that's got to be very unnerving well yeah it's like so warfare something like you don't know what her thing is they're freaking the fuck out and the hospital administration decides that the best thing for them to do is just to declare an internal state of emergency so they basically evacuate everybody out into the parking lot all the emergency room patients you know the other doctors and nurses they get out and the main doctor and a skeleton crew he assembles stay behind to try to save Gloria. Um, but her condition only worsened, and by 8.50 p.m., she was pronounced dead. So they moved her body out to an isolation room because they needed to obviously figure out what was going on with her. God, can you imagine being those nurses and waking up and find out that woman's dead, and then you're like, well, shit. Am yeah, I a because time bomb? What the fuck is what did what did she give me? Yeah. <laughs> so outside, the hospital staff is you know they're still treating patients and their colleagues who have fallen ill, and since they had no idea what had caused all the sudden illness, they were ordered to strip down to their underwear and their clothes were placed in plastic bags because they were afraid that, you know, they were contaminated with something. So these poor doctors and nurses are out freezing in their underwear. Oh, having to work on patients. So Sally Balderas, a nurse who had gone back inside to like move Gloria's body from the emergency room into the isolation room begins puking and says her skin is burning. So, 23 out of the 37 emergency room staff experienced at least one symptom that night. Jesus. Five of those had to be hospitalized for the night. Sally Balderas experienced apnea off and on during her 10-day hospital stay. Oh, my gosh. And unfortunately for Julie Korczynski, she spent two weeks in the intensive care unit. She suffered from apnea, hepatitis, pancreatitis, and avascular necrosis, which is a condition where um, the bone tissue is starved of blood and it just starts to die. Oh, my gosh. That attacked her knees, and she had to be on crutches for months after. I mean, it has to be airborne, right? Because, I mean, they had gloves on. Oh, I'm going to get to it. I'm so confused. And I keep, I'm sorry, I have to stop you because I'm still horrified by the fact that those nurses and doctors had to treat patients in their underwear because that is like nightmare city for me. Oh my God. I know. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, like what do you say? Like, no, I'd rather. Yeah. Uh, oh. oh, 
It's not like you can be like, no, I'd rather be contaminated. Thanks. Like you couldn't or, yeah, deny that request. I'm in my car and <laughs> in my underwear. Fuck these patients. God, it's so horrible. I'm naked. That's why I had to put it in. <laughs> so at 11 p.m., the hazmat team arrived at the hospital and they began looking for a toxicant. They believed that there was something in the air of the emergency room, possibly like hydrogen sulfide, also known as sewer gas, which at high concentration concentrations can kill a person after only a few whiffs. Like they were just worried that it was something in the air, basically. So their search turned up nothing at all. Well, obviously, so now, <laughs> it came from that woman. <laughs> so now the Riverside coroner's office is scared shitless because if it wasn't a crazy chemical, it obviously meant that Gloria's body was the culprit. Oh, so, they got to cut her open. Six days later, they put on airtight suits and entered a sealed examining chamber where they had to perform an autopsy. Gag. Was she in minutes. the morgue at this time, or did they just leave her in a room? I'm confused. I think it, they put her in. It said a sealed examining chamber, so I'm I'm imagining it's refrigerated. It has to be refrigerated. I would think. I don't know because uh, I didn't look into that. Just the thought. Okay. So, ninety minutes later, they emerged with blood and tissue samples, air from the body bag. And a sealed aluminum crate containing Gloria's body. Like, they had to put her in this thick, airtight container because they don't know what they're dealing with. You know, they have to treat it like she's contagious. Yeah. So, the coroner's office does the autopsy, and then they're, like, keeping really tight-lipped about it. And they claim they find nothing significant, but they begin to, like, ask for help. So... Meanwhile, you know, they're not saying anything, and the media is having a heyday. They're calling her the toxic lady. Everybody's paranoid about it, you know, freaking out. So the Riverside coroner's office decides to contact the Lawrence Livermore. Hold on. This is like the longest name of all time. (laughs) The Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory to perform a more thorough autopsy on March 25th. That was an entire month later. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So this is going to get kind of weird and vague a little bit, but just stay with me. Okay. So they found that she had Tylenol, lidocaine, codeine, and I think it's called Tigan. It's an anti-nausea medication. She had all that in her system. And they also discovered amines, which... I don't know. I'm not a scientist, okay? Yeah, I don't know. But it's a derivative of ammonia in her body. So they they found a derivative of ammonia in her body. So they were able to figure out from this, like, list of things that they found that her anti-nausea medication broke down into amines in the body, which explained the weird ammonia smell. So they've got that figured out. Yeah, I was thinking that sometimes your body does that. Like, there's things that can cause that. Right. And, like, that's one of the things I think that those girls first noticed, because that's what they all said. Like, we we sniffed this blood, and now, we're, you know, we're all fucked up. 
Like, so they just associated the smell with like, you know. Was she conscious when she came in? Like, how did she, did somebody bring her in or she came in on her own? I don't know if she was alone or if she was with family, but she was incoherent at the time. Like and she was not know. with like her at family all. didn't have any explanation. For no. Anything. Okay. So a second weird find. Bear with me. These are weird names was nicotinamide. So apparently that is a, vi- a B vitamin crucial to human health, but it's inexpensive and is known to cause euphoria so it's often mixed into illegal drugs to extend the life of expensive drugs to give dealers a larger profit. Mm. So one of the members of the team that did the autopsy said, and this is a quote, it's an unusual compound for somebody to be taking if they're very, very sick, which she had late stage cervical cancer. It wasn't a healthy person. So oh. it's a little weird, you know, that she would have, well, and all she been had in her that. body was in, was coding, and that's probably from right. being having cervical cancer. It's not illegal. Hmm. I just I'm it's surprised just a she weird doesn't one. have more shit in her body from having cancer. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's, we're we're gonna. I'm sorry. Get there, I'm sorry. Of. I keep interrupting you. No, you're fine. It's just it's hard to it was hard to like piece it all together. So it kind of reads funny. So, the third odd find was dimethyl sulfone, and that is a manu- is it's manufactured as an industrial solvent, like a degreaser, but it can also be naturally produced in the body. However, it breaks down really quickly and has a half life of just three days. So most people would never ever have like a measurable amount of this in their system. But Gloria had three times the normal amount six weeks after her death. Wow. So dimethyl cell phone alone is not enough to knock out an entire emergency room. And it's not enough to have even caused Gloria's death. So it's really, really weird that she has that much, but it doesn't explain anything either. So they're still just like, well, we don't know. So, three weeks later, on April 12th, they finally released an official cause of death for Gloria. They claimed that she had died of heart failure due to kidney failure brought on by late-stage cervical cancer. Her family was obviously fucking pissed about this because that's not what happened, obviously. And they blamed her death on the deplorable conditions at the hospital. And the hospital had received citations in the past, but there was no evidence that pointed to, like, the conditions at the hospital for being at fault. Like, you know, they they couldn't find anything that would have contributed to her death. Right. So when asked about what caused the staff to have such crazy reactions, they said that they believed that they had suffered from a bout of mass hysteria brought on by the stress of the situation. So our emergency room personnel, I'm sure they've seen much more stressful situations than this. I just like, as you can imagine, that did not go over well with the staff. That's literally what I wrote. I'm saying 
It was aliens, because that's bullshit. I believe it's aliens before I believe that. An emergency room staff freaked out over this woman, and she was sick for two weeks and used crutches for months after. I'm so mad. I'm so mad for this. Yeah, that's literally my next point. Least of all, Julie Gorchinsky. Fuck those people. So, yeah, they were fucking pissed. And I think I even read, which I didn't write this down, but I think I read that Julie Gorchinsky, the one that was, like, really sick, ended up, like, suing for, like, big, big Good. Fuck them. (laughs) So I'm angry on her behalf. (laughs) It's just, like, when I read that, I was just, like. It seem so shady. Like, there's such a cover-up because it just, that's such bullshit. Well, and I think that's part of why this story got so wild in the first place is because everybody was so like, it did just seem like a big, yes, a big cover up or something really weird was going on. Well, it's like, just say Because they couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Exactly. Just say. We don't know. Why act like. Exactly. So. The medical staff, obviously, like, no, we're not accepting that. Please keep looking into this, blah, blah, blah. So they eventually decide, okay, yeah, we're going to keep looking into it. And Pat Grant, the assistant deputy director for the coroner's office, did eventually decide to dig deeper and made a discovery. So Gloria had been slathering herself in DMSO. And that is dimethyl sofone like i just was talking about earlier like they found a whole bunch of it in her system remember so as i said earlier it is an ingredient in industrial solvents so why would she have been covering her body in that yeah that's weird well as it turns out dmso used to be considered like a cure-all back in the day. I was just You're, thinking it sounds like some kind of weird-ass shit, like that emu oil that went around. <laughs> Did you know about emu oil? I never heard of that. It's like, um, it's just like one of those things you can get it at Walgreens. I'm sure you still can, but it was like, oh, rub it on your joints. It's magical. It's it's like people selling you snake oil, basically. Like yep. I think it had menthol in it. So it probably did make you feel better, but yeah, it's like every, it was like a cure-all. Everybody thought emu oil was like, it could cure everything. When I was working in the pharmacy, it was a big thing. (laughs) That's basically what this stuff was, I think. It's like during the, when was it? Hold on. During the early 60s. So they had done some like research and they believed that DMSO would be a good pain reliever and an anxiety reducer. So they made it into like this cream and it was really popular among athletes. And they did like, you know, rubbing it into muscle aches and sore joints and that kind of crap. Well, as more research came out, doctor realized it wasn't so doctors realized it wasn't so great because it was causing mice to turn blind. So like, they discontinued the cream, and by the 70s, like, the only way you could get DMSO was to buy de- the degreasers that contained dimethyl sulfone, which is, that's the active ingredient of that cream. So, that was the only way you could get it, and she wanted to try to, I guess, relieve herself of the pain she was feeling, which is super sad, but it's yeah. just like, ugh. But 
they think that she, that's what she was trying to do, that she was trying to like cure her cancer, basically. She was desperate. With the DMSO. Yeah. So as it turns out, DMSO, weird shit happens to it because it's a chemical. And when it's exposed to oxygen, it converts to dimethyl sulfate, which is different than dimethyl sulfone. Um, dimethyl sulfate turns into a gas, which can destroy cells in the eyes, lungs, and mouth. And if the vapors get into the body, it causes convulsions, delirium, and paralysis. So... Out of the 20 various symptoms described by medical staff that night, 19 of them matched the symptoms to exposure to dimethyl sulfate vapors. So they didn't suffer from mass hysteria. They had dimethyl sulfate poisoning. Oh, my gosh. That's what caused it all. Like the DMSO, the DMSO, sorry, I have to keep making sure I'm saying that right, is exposed to oxygen and turns into something completely different. And that's what caused all this shit. So it's like, it's super sad, but. But it's also like, super simple and they should have caught that the first. You would have thought. Yeah. Especially the greasy sheen. I think everybody just like it turned in a little bit to mass hysteria because everybody right. was like, what the fuck? People they are were passing scared. out from this. Yeah. Oh, not that that's I funny. But. If she was on like chemotherapy or radiation or whatever, like that does weird things to your body anyway. And I wonder, like, mm-hmm. if all of that mixes together. Yeah. You know. Well, and there's no telling. It's like, ugh. It just, that is so crazy to me how something so weird, you know what I'm saying? Like, ugh. Right. Was the cause of something so crazy like that. Oh, her family denied that she was using DMSO, too. But, I mean, obviously, they could prove that she was. Yeah, I know. I wonder I'm not why sure they why they would. would deny it. Unless they were trying to sue the hospital. I think maybe that was part of it. Like, they, they wanted to place more blame on the hospital. Well, and they could be but in denial, or they could just not know that she was using just it. Just the grief. Or, yeah. Or maybe they didn't know. Like, maybe she had it, and they didn't realize that that's what it was i don't know right i mean because so, i could so rub anything on me and daryl would be like daryl wouldn't know what the hell i was using true story <laughs> i mean that could be anything it was just so weird like that that was added in like that our family denied it. i'm like okay but they proved that she was <laughs> yeah and it it's was like what kind how can you blame that on the hospital she had just come in it was Weird. just, yeah. So I got all this information basically from allthingsinteresting.com and I'm an idiot and didn't write who wrote it. But there's also like a dollop episode of this. And I think it's called like the toxic lady of Riverside or something maybe like that. It was, it's old, but it's like they're, they do way better research than me and it's, it's really good. You should listen to it. And they're funnier than me. So at least we own up to it. <laughs> We give credit Look, to where credit is due. <laughs> <laughs> Their episode's probably way better than mine, but. We actually do, like, because when we're just talking to each other, we're like, I think I heard. 
that this was this, but I'm not <laughs> sure. I'll go look it up. No, I was completely wrong. Yeah. Like, so we actually do really good research <laughs> considering how our normal conversations normally <laughs> Especially that's me, true. because I mix up like five different stories in my head, and then I'm like, oh, wait, that's a completely different story. I'm mixing it up. I this. always do that. Oh, I've got so much. I've got so much information in my brain. It's That's what I feel like my problem is too. We're just we're too smart. Is what it is. If I could insert the little hair flip emoji girl right now, that's what I'd be doing. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have to describe my actions because Elsie can't see me. Yeah, we don't. We can't see each other. We we can't do the FaceTime thing because then we'll just be awkward and um self conscious about what we're, we're doing, how we're <laughs> angled, and all that crap. Um, I did want to make sure that we put in for everybody. Please go like, rate, and review us. Um. On iTunes yes, especially, please. but on any of your platforms. Um, and please write into us. It's siximpossiblethingspod at gmail.com. Um, we literally would read anything. Yeah. Like, we want to hear your crazy stories. We love that stuff. Um, it's S-I-X, not the letter, the number six. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever said that, so I didn't want to confuse anybody. Um we're also on Facebook and Twitter, but we're like shit at social media. So, <laughs> I mean, start liking our shit, and maybe we'll be better. Yeah, I mean, we do. I'm not going to take the blame for that. <laughs> I, I I'm pretty bad about it, but um, I mean, email. I check my email all day, so we would love to hear from people. <laughs> um, any of the 200 people that listened to our last episode. But please go listen or go like our Facebook because we can't handle that. (laughs) Do you want me to cry? We just want fun, weird shit that has happened to you. Um, You, I mean, it can even be just like a fun, a slightly humorous story. We'll still probably find it pretty funny. (laughs) I mean, it's true though. We're starting to sound desperate. Literally anything. You could write us a chapter (laughs) of your book. We don't care. Um, But anyways, please, please, please like, rate, and review us. Um, and I guess that's about it for this one, unless you have anything yep. else to add. Nope. All right. Well, thanks so. for listening. Bye. Get it to 200 again. Bye. Yes, please. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>